Welcome to the Jewelers Podcast, the podcast that talks to jewelers, retailers, and industry supporters about their experiences and insights into the jewelry industry. The Jewelers Podcast is part of the Jewelry Industry Network. Whether you're a jeweler, retailer, supplier, valuer, gemologist, teacher, or student, the Jewelry Industry Network is here to help you build your business in the jewelry industry. Join us today with a free membership at www.jewelryindustrynetwork.com. We can't wait to work with you. In this episode of the Jewels Podcast, Brett and I are joined by the powerhouse duo from Natasha Schweitzer, Alex and Natasha Chipman. Sisters, Alex and Natasha, head up this globally recognized brand from Queensland, Australia. And in this episode, we dive into what makes their company so successful. We hope you enjoy this next episode of the Jewelers Podcast. All right, welcome to another episode of the Jewelers Podcast. Uh, myself, Brett Lowe, and my lovely offsider, Laura Moore. Welcome, Laura. Partner in crime. So, <laughs> How are you today? Yeah, really well, really well. Uh, so today we're joined by a family business, second generation, I guess we can call you, because your, your mother's in the industry as well, uh, which we will get into a bit more in depth as we go along. But Look, welcome to the podcast today, Natasha and Alex Chipman. Hello, thank you for having us. Yeah, no, it's great to have you here. And as I always say, being a Queenslander, I love getting other Queenslanders on board. (laughs) I'll jump in straight away. I guess the obvious place to start is, as I mentioned, Natasha Schwartz's story, it starts with your mother, Marion Schwartz, who um, some may know, like Brisbane locals, still has her workshop and and jewellery store in the city. So so tell us about that. Tell us about your mother being in the industry. she doesn't have her workshop oh, or she office anymore. Well, <laughs> like, we've kind of taken over. Yeah, no, there's there's no Marion Schweitzer anymore, um, unfortunately. But um, there is there is our workshop now, which is still in the city, yeah, um, although so, we're moving. But, yeah, yes. so mum was one of the first female Australian jewellers. Yeah, she, she went over to London and Germany. Yeah, so she did, did her apprenticeship here and then um, did her apprenticeship again overseas. Yeah, so she's travelled around the world and trained by everyone, I guess, mm. all the best around yeah. the world. <laughs> yeah, Fantastic. Did she pass, obviously she passed that um, passion for jewellery on to the both of you. Did she pass on all the hand skills as well? Or did she, you have to relearn that yourself? She did to me. Um, <laughs> I've, I guess we've grown up in the workshop, even coming in as little kids. You yeah, know, we always, we were always in the workshop. Um, but then later on, we both actually did a uni degree. I did a science degree and Natasha did journalism and communications degree. Yeah. And I think it was halfway through both of our degrees, we were like, I don't know about this. Like, this might not be for us. And so it we was a very, thinking, it was an accidental. Yeah, it was. And then we're like, well, maybe, you know. Yeah, we kind of rebelled we'll get, about it. Mum was sort of, you know, ready, winding down. She's like, I'm going to maybe retire, retire in the next five yeah. to ten years, you know. And then um, we were like, let's do planned. it. You didn't sort of discuss this earlier and go, right, you know, we always want to be in the business. We're going to we're gonna go off and study our own way. No. It was complete opposite. It, it was, was yeah. Alex and I were very, um, like Alex was, yeah, very, you know, into science and I was, you know, I was like, I'm going to be a journalist. Like that was, you know, or a lawyer. I don't know what I was going to do. Um, so it was very, we were very academically driven originally. Um, and yeah, and then it kind of all started though. I designed a pair of earrings that I wanted to wear um, to an event that I had because I used to work in high-end luxury retail. And I wore this pair of earrings that um, that I asked mum to make. And at the event, I had like everyone 
commenting being and- like what are those earrings like someone it was so um they were so sought after that night that someone asked me to take them out of my ears and she gave me like bought them all this money for them and I'm like I don't even know what to charge you and she's like just I want to just give me she was like I'll give you a thousand dollars I just want to take them and I mean the earrings probably worth you know maybe more than a thousand dollars I don't know but I was like okay like I just didn't know what to do so it sort of just started stemming from there and then I realized I was like oh we can do this okay this is interesting crazy having a win on the absolute first thing you've even designed and made and yeah yeah why why wouldn't you get a taste for it yeah so you you obviously growing up around it you still use your mum as a sounding board now and then I imagine like for industry issues and business issues and probably not business issues (laughs) you have to understand as well it's such a different business it's like you say we're second generation but it's a completely different business model she went from making luxury one-off you know hundred thousand dollar pieces and she'd do a few and there was only her and two other jewelers and now we've got a team of you know 17 or something insane in the workshop you know so it's a completely different um you know, and we mass produce, but certainly from technical, you know, the way things are built and made and, you know, our quality quality. is just, it surpasses. So like, it's unbelievable our quality still that we've been able to retain on, on the scale that we do. So yeah, and that's That's absolute complete credit to mom. When the two decided to take over the business and obviously do this together, did you have any idea how you would work together? Did you have to really work at that, that relationship? It took some time to figure out where yeah. we both stand. I deal with a lot of the production side and a lot of the business side um, of that, whereas Tash runs all the marketing, the girls at the stores, the retail all side, the retail, yeah. you know, wholesale. Side. Yeah. So we That's definitely right. had our so roles. We- and I think it was very apparent that, yeah, I was designing and doing the yeah business side and Alex was running production. And then you fell into making jewellery. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just sort of, and at the beginning, Alex was off kind of traveling. So I was like, yeah. oh, I've got this little idea. I was and very young. Yeah. You I know, was we were, still in my party. Yeah. Know, party stage. <laughs> got to remember Didn't know where to, where everything was. Yeah. It was, you know, we're talking about a 20 and a 22 year old here when we started. Was, yeah. Younger. So yeah. it was potentially younger. So yeah, there was. But it makes sense uh, that actually, that, you know, like if Alex, if you were into science, that you would naturally lean towards the production yeah. side because then you've got that metallurgy desire, you know, to know a little yeah. bit about that and maybe gemology as well. So that scientific brain sits there. And then your your side, Natasha, is, you know, completely different. Obviously, it's more yeah. you know, business-minded and yeah. commerce, journalism. It makes sense that you actually probably float off each other really well. Yeah, it definitely. does, Definitely. Oh, that's we cool. We finish but... our uni degrees as well. We, yeah. we finished them. We didn't, like, I've got two and Alex got one degree, but we finished them. Yeah. We didn't skimp out. Well, I think a lot of people do that with their uni or whatever their study is too. You don't necessarily work in the field you're studying, but it changes your brain because you learn to learn and to do it on your own in that higher environment outside of high school being almost not really yeah. spoon-fed, but you kind of are. Like, going yeah. to uni is a... a it's quite different, but it, yeah, you, you take and the that. to getting it finished, I think, is the big people yeah. really start and never finish things. And I think that's a huge thing with business as well. It's like, yeah. no, um, people follow through, people give up so quickly. Um, yeah, people get two years in and they're like, I'm done, I yeah. can't, or even five years in and they're like, I'm done, I can't, I cannot do this anymore. You know, mm-hmm. the amount of people who start and just cannot keep going it, because it is, it's hard. It's, it is hard. hard work and you have to have a you have to be absolutely like made of steel yeah. it's 
you just have to keep going. It is, it's tough. Tough skin. It's tough. Yeah. It's dedication. Yeah. It's been yep. goal orientated and totally happen. Yep. Yeah. How how have you ladies managed that part of it? Because obviously, you know, you know, you, you're taking on an existing business, but you completely transformed it. It it is all consuming doing that type of work. How have you managed the stress, the anxiety, the pressure? Well, I think because there's two of us, it definitely yeah. helps. <laughs> we both having each balance other. each other, um, and we have that sounding board. With each, with each other um, we've been raised to be very hard yes. workers as well you know mom is she is wow she's an amazing dad like we've got a really good support team at home um, but we're just hard workers and I think yeah we're just such hard workers that is honestly and we just don't give up we just keep going keep going keep going I am like I think I'm probably um a little bit insane in <laughs> in a way like that I just am like okay next 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 like I'm such a Capricorn you know uh yeah it's 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 all consuming and and you kind of are a, yeah a bit crazy and I think mm. that yeah good worth work ethic and and that together is yeah, yeah. So, so you're like Laura and you have a hundred tabs open on any browser yeah. on your computer <laughs> I think Brett can relate to oh, me exactly the same. it makes me cringe when I see a computer yeah <laughs> Yeah, but we get the job done, don't we? Yeah. So we do, we get it done. And Alex is so Alex is far more resilient than I am. Certainly, Alex probably gets a bit less stressed than I do. Although your job is probably somewhat more, more stressful. stressful. I think running production is really tough. Mm. Um, so your job is somewhat more stressful, but you probably get I'm less prob- stressed yeah, than I, I do. Yeah. I probably get more wound up. <laughs> <laughs> But I deal with publicists and people. It's a different type of stress. It's quite a different. Alex has more stress stress with pressure and, you know, all of the load and production and managing people where I have, you know, publicists and, 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 um, you know, clients and, you know, all of that stress. That's just different. Yeah. The the jewelry industry is so vast, isn't it? And and as any jewelry brand, like you're touching on so many different areas, like from, yeah. As you're saying, like design, manufacturing, retail, wholesale, like it's enormous. But, but I guess you've got to surround yourself with good people. Uh, and I guess that takes me to my next sort of area of questioning. Like, yeah, you've got this amazing workshop. You're saying you've got 17 people in there. You're bringing new blood into the industry as well, um, growing the manufacturing side. So tell us more about that and what's happening there. So we're currently building a big workshop. Um, so we can hire and head office so it'll all be in one Um, so we can I guess hire more jewelers we're definitely always looking for new talent so apply yeah (laughs) the link in the bio (laughs) (laughs) Um, so yeah just growing that we work very closely together both teams like you know production side and business side business retail side we work very closely together um in all aspects yeah no no it's great to see a a local brand doing so well like uh, progressing forward growing and as i said yeah bringing new people in too it's not just about hiring what's out there you're training as well yeah and i feel like especially in brisbane you can Mm. find there is a lot of talent in brisbane like a lot of people think that they need to go to sydney um, melbourne and melbourne to get those jobs but there actually are yeah a lot of great jobs here yeah really really amazing talent here yeah 
Talk us through the manufacturing process for your brand, Alex. You might want to, you know, share with us a little bit about, you know, um, how you do your mass-produced stuff versus maybe your bespoke stuff. What, what's yep. your process there? Yep. I mean, well, with a few of the fast-selling, you know, really good sellers, we do cast a few things, which obviously everyone does. With engagement rings or custom-made pieces, we all hand-make. Um, so, yeah, every ring, every engagement ring is handmade really difficult ones get done by like the top jewelers like mum she's still um, in there she's, yep she's she does working all, she works all the how crazy <laughs> unique designs and she figures out a yeah, way we've got how a few to, a few master you know, jewelers but and mum yeah, is mum's the top she is there <laughs> i guess she's tag on her pieces so like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> special oh look we would we yeah. everyone's special though. everyone's special <laughs> yes yeah so there is I guess a bit of a process um and even yeah. in the design process um Tash will design or we'll talk about the collection and design and then it will go into production and I'll talk to the jewelers yeah and they'll you know even they might even have an input in our design too they'll be like make something and then they'll say okay try it on okay, this is not sitting on your ear properly. We need to adjust this. Yep. You know, we work very closely as together, one yeah. unit together, and especially in the design process. Definitely. Back and forth I, to get it, our pieces perfect. Definitely. I think like the overlapping of production and the business side is why we are also so successful because yeah. a lot of people, you know, will discard the, the workshop and it's like, oh, the workshop can just be, you know, downstairs or whatever. And we'll just run this whole fabulous little thing and we won't talk to each other because we're retail, which we're separate, you know, where we run it completely together. Yeah. Everyone is, um, you know, our retail director is just as familiar about, you know, all the team who work in production that as we are, you know, it's, yeah, everyone, everyone is. is so collaborative. Yeah. yeah. So you're not siloing and you're not, you know, no way. Everyone's together. Yeah. You know? And I feel like that makes the, you know, the work culture better. Yeah. For sure. We have a great Better culture at, here. Atmosphere. Everyone's like, we, everyone's happy. I mean, yeah, everyone's happy. Look around the room. No, everyone's really happy. We've got such a good work culture. You know, we try and create a really amazing environment. And that's something that Alex and I literally every single day absolutely put our heart and soul into is having a good work culture. Yeah. What well, types of things do you do to, to foster that? Oh my gosh. Everything from you know, having a work dinner to we put on meditation courses yeah. to, um, you know, Friday lunch to like creating the environment. Like we're not dumping one things. person. Like Alex said the other day, we don't dump one person with just doing repairs or one person with, oh, you're just cleaning up castings. It's like everyone has, has their. their role and we try and, you know, grow people and, you know, people will come in. Like we've had one of our jewelers who's come in recently and she was just on one job at her old um, work. She's come here and she's learned how to do so much more. And she's she just, she that. said to, she said to Alex the other day, I haven't looked at the clock once since working here. Wow. Whereas in your old job, she just watched Constantly the clock, watching the clock all day. She's doing one job the whole day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's amazing. Yeah. Keeping job satisfaction. So oh, front of mind. Number one thing. It's a number yeah. one thing because culture keeps people. I mean, you know, it's people think too much about money. I'm like, worry about your culture and happiness and, and happiness and people will be good to you and loyal to you and stay with you. Mm. That's, yeah, that's a fun thing. Yeah. 
It's an interesting thing too that you're doing um, because for the future of the jewellery industry, you know, making sure that your jewellers are multi-skilled in a range of different areas is so, so important because, you know, you've identified such a, uh, such a prominent issue with the industry that so many students are only then taught one thing. When right. And it's a really pr- problematic problem for our industry because then we've got no ROI on the people that we're employing. I also think jewellery manufacturing, I mean, I know I'm speaking on your behalf here kind of, but like I feel like there's not enough um, education down into school about the career of being a jeweller. There would be so many people Mm. that I would know who would have not even considered that it was even a career. career. Yeah. You know, it's it's like you're a fine artist, but you're, you know, people would die for, you know, that job. I honestly, I think it's not. It's not publicized enough. I think that's a huge problem. Oh, so many of us fall into it. Like I was yep. exactly one of them. Like yep. I haven't even considered it. Then I was very lucky the, the door opened and yep. yeah, I didn't have to work hard for it. Where others try and try and try and try and try to try and get in the industry. But it's it's yeah, it's knowing where to look, mm-hmm. uh, where the jobs are and big places like you guys, like that's amazing. Learning a bit of everything. They're not just going to get stuck, as you say. We just fall into it, hey? Yeah. Well, that's something we need to change, hey? I absolutely. We need more marketing on this. It's such a huge industry. It's just insane to me that more people don't consider it or even are aware of it as a Think career. about it, yeah. And, and being two young ladies in the industry too, like that's something which is changing. But it's amazing too, like so many young ladies getting into the jewellery industry and not just designing and on the, on the counters, that they're getting their hands dirty and um, yep. manufacturing as well. We have I would more, say 70% of yeah, our jewellers are female. Women. Yeah. 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 I'm not surprised at all. Yeah. At all. And no. yet it's a very male dominant it's, industry, it still is, to yeah. be honest. And it's, yeah, still is. So, mm. yeah. yeah. But I think that's also another thing with why our designs are so good, why we've got such a niche, why people are after our jewellery is because we're designing for, you know, we do design for men as well, but we're women designing for women. Yeah. Mm. You know? Yeah, 100%. And, and Brett and I have obviously interviewed quite a lot of female jewellers and they have a similar um, success story in that because they understand what women are wanting, yeah. they can put themselves in their shoes and actually design for them. And it's, um, yeah, it's important to have both aspects. You know, certainly men can design too for, for women, but it is, it is very important to have more women designing for women. Oh, yeah. So, so what about design inspiration? Like, where do you go then? Like, what gets your design juices flowing? Um, I think it's season to season. I mean, we do four, at least four collections, big collections a year. So we do, um, we follow a European um, cycle, which is pre-fall, fall, uh, resort and spring, summer. And um, so there's a huge demand for, you know, keeping everything, you know, when you design, you have to think, okay, what is wholesale going to want? You know, yeah. what what are the big net-a-portes of the world wanting? What are my Sydney clients wanting? What are our Melbourne clients wanting? What are our clients in New York want? You know, like it's almost impossible to design for everyone. Um, and I think that that pressure is the hardest thing when we're designing and when we do a collection. I think the inspiration has to be brought back to what, we think we like what, you know, yeah, if trends come into play, but, you know, if you can create a trend or see what next year is going to, you know, hold, that's probably what I try to do 
before I then think, okay, so what a, you know, oh, I make this bigger because I know that, you know, the clients in Brisbane prefer a bigger earring to our Sydney clients who like a smaller earring or, um, so there are so many things that you have to think about when you design, especially when you're trying to do it for a, like, you know, you're trying to do it for consumers who are and they want more and they want it every day and they want new stuff and you just have to stay up with that and that is exhausting yeah because being an international brand too like as you're saying sydney and brisbane are different but then you're selling to america that's totally different for sure so inspiration i would say yeah of course art fashion you know life travel all of those things they're the cliche answers but the reality is that you know we design for our clients and um you know and and in line with what we love and our aesthetic and our you know minimalist i suppose and i wouldn't even even, guess what's selling at the moment you know if we're we've seen an increase in a lot of diamond earrings or or pearls or whatever it is so then we follow that okay everyone's loving pearls at the moment we'll we watch those things yeah Yeah, so it's very calculated everything's very thought out we don't just go oh i want to design you know a diamond tennis necklace filled with emeralds and because i want to wear it you know everything is everything is very thought out but everything we design is true to us we certainly don't there's nothing in the collection that we wouldn't wear wear. ourselves and i think that's a huge thing Mm -hmm. if we design a collection and we go oh i wouldn't wear that that's just for that client we would never make it and Mm -hmm. i think that is so that's probably the most important thing I would say. Yeah. And that we continue to stay true and go, true to our I could pick up aesthetic. anything from my store and know would, that it's Natasha Schweitzer. Correct. Would love it. Yeah. yeah. So it's, so it's not purely just following the, the business trends. You're actually thinking this still represents us. hundred yeah. percent. And yeah, your designs also, you know, obviously are very sort of aesthetically beautiful, but they also have um, that natural element to where you are, you know, using natural gemstones and, and, you know, products that are sourced ethically. What does that mean for your brand? Do you make a point of, of using only ethically sourced product? Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. But definitely no, all of us, absolutely. Everything ethical, um, good quality. Always. Yeah. Yeah. Good colors. Are you finding it easier to find suppliers that now can abide by those standards for you? I think we're very conscious of it for sure. Oh, people, yeah, are, people are conscious definitely. of it. Yeah, absolutely. And they know we're conscious of it, especially to our clients. I mean, that that's our clients care about that, you know? Um, yeah. Well, in saying that too, because it's I, I find it more prevalent with the younger generation as well, like not knowing your exact client base. Um, but do you find that too? Do you feel like it's more the, the younger generation that are much more ethically minded? Definitely. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. And, and not even, like, I mean, they'll come in and want a lab diamond because they're, they, you know, there is argument that they're better than a mine diamond. So um, we've seen an increase in that for sure. And I think we will continue to see that, I, I believe. Yeah. yeah, it's not going away. No. no. And, and, you know, we still, we sell 90% of naturals. You know, none of our products are made with labs unless they're requested on an engagement ring level. Um so we're still selling mostly all naturals oh, and yeah. we never, you know, advertise, oh, but you kind of can't say no to people if they say they want a lab for ethical reasons, yeah. you know, that's their choice. Um, so we're happy to do that. And we know that that's probably going to be more of our business in the next 10 years. We, we're aware of that. 
So, coloured gemstones. Do you sort of yeah. have the preference for Australian versus you know any other particular country, or is the yeah. <laughs> it definitely depends on the client as well. Yeah. Um, we're loving Australian sapphires at the moment and the darker blue, but we do have clients that come in and we're like, they want a salon. Yeah. The lighter blue. So we have to, you know, we source, I guess. All of our pieces in our main, well. yeah. All of our main collection pieces are used with salons because they're certainly yep. more um, popular yeah. for our clients, but yeah, a lot a of lot younger of girls. Like, yeah. And a lot of people love the fact that it's an Australian sapphire. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. so they, there is that. There's definitely an increase of that. And I like an Australian sapphire, but if you gave me the option, and I'm a, I would say I'm young still, I would go for a salon anytime. You know, I'd be like, come give me the salon. Yeah. So, um, but I understand and it's, I think it's amazing and wonderful that people care about, you know, that's from Australia, that's yeah. from us. I, I think that's wonderful. And I guess going on that international reach too of Natasha Schweitzer, like your products are being worn by celebrities around the world and, and you're getting regular features in international publications like that's not a mean feat at all like and really the brand's quite young you know you guys are still young like it has no chance of being old <laughs> but like yeah tell us more about that like even breaking into that kind of clientele and market honestly i think our just our designing and our pieces are just i mean they're what speaks for it um i think we hit it off really early internationally and I think that almost legitimized us in Australia because I, it's almost like we hit it off more overseas before we hit it here. Almost. It's like you have to prove yourself overseas. Yeah. And, and we also took a different route. We took more of a route of staying in with the fashion industry rather than worrying about the jewelry industry. You know, I don't know. Alex and I are very um, naive. Like we don't, get the Australian jewelry industry. We're not connected to people. We're not, uh, we wouldn't know, you know. We've got our contacts. We've got our, of course, but we're not connected in the industry. We don't go into the awards or do any, you know, we're not, um, we're not in that world. We have focused on staying in the fashion world. And I think that that, that convergence for us between, you know, high fashion and jewelry and, keeping it in that has you know landed our stores like Netaporte, which is the biggest luxury online fashion store in the world um you know or have celebrities wear yeah or jewelry and being stocked in Nordstrom across the US or you know stores in France or London or wherever you know so honestly I think that it was that direction and that push um and our designs of course like we have amazing designs that no one was doing you know, mm. when we started, no, everyone just wanted the same boring white gold kind of yeah um, stuff. And, and it was like, oh, these two young girls are using yellow gold. Like what? Like, oh, we're doing yellow now. And now it's, I mean, we just almost just sell yellow. Yeah. Yeah. A different way approach to it. Yeah. And you've got like, I mean, obviously it's, it's, it's an interesting thing that we don't, that the jewelry industry doesn't connect itself more with fashion. It's always been a hundred percent. Right. It's a big gap there. Yeah. And it wasn't because we felt like we were too good for anyone. That was certainly oh, not. Gosh, it no. was because we simply didn't know anything. And all I knew was, we you know, knew more about the fashion industry, industry than, than we did about the jewelry yeah. industry. That's what we knew literally. And we had not, you know, I remember having to ask people, I was like, Oh, so plating, does that 
plating that comes off gold plating like I didn't even understand <laughs> like no seriously though like and then to oh this person has this business and this I'm like I have no idea like no clue so yeah huge footprint internationally but you've got the two stores we we have to mention as well in Australia so you've got the the one in Paddington and in Sydney and then the, the store in Fortitude Valley in Brisbane yeah so if people want to go in and check and it out your Oh, Melbourne too. That's yeah, the cards, hey? about to open, but we can't give you it here first today. But yes, here's your hearing. You're hearing it first. Yeah. Um, but of course, we would have had Melbourne opened earlier, but COVID has really, um, <laughs> yeah, affected us the last two years. So, yeah, in being able to even get to Melbourne, <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, well, let's, here's to that being behind us. Hey, let's hope. Yeah, absolutely. That way. I guess you've given us a little teaser there. What's on the the cards for the future, but is there anything else that you want to let slip today on the, the Jewelers podcast? We, yeah, Melbourne Look. store definitely. And after that, We're doing a few trunk shows we've this got, year. Yeah, lots of trunk shows. Um, and we send half our team down and from head office and we do a little showing. We are back to back for shopping. days. Yeah. <laughs> wow, that's great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're yeah. doing one in, um, we've got Melbourne. one in Melbourne. We're about to schedule one in Perth. Um, we were hoping to get to New Zealand, but we're not sure if we're going to be able to have time for that. And we are doing one in LA as well. So mm-hmm. we will have those. Um, and then, yeah, a store in Los Angeles is probably after Melbourne, the next big goal. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. Please invite us to the opening of that one. Absolutely. <laughs> More Aussies there, the better, hey? <laughs> so mum and I go every year to the Hong Kong Jewelry Fair. Obviously, it hasn't been on for the last year or two. And then this year, apparently, it's moving to Singapore. Singapore. So I'll be in Singapore, which will be fun. Something different. So we're taking a couple of... Yeah, we'll take a few um, team members team too. Members as well, so I can show them the ropes. But I think Singapore will be great. Yeah. Because it's still international. Everyone can meet. Oh, my God. Yeah. We've got a lot of things. We've had a lot of, <laughs> a lot of um, plans that we've had to hold because of COVID, but... Um, I think now, hopefully, and this year, I think we'll still be a bit up and down, but I think hopefully moving forward, yeah, I think we're only at the tail end. We can start living again, hey? (laughs) But the Australian, the Melbourne Jewelry Fair. So We'll be back in there again next February. Yeah, we'll definitely go there, definitely. Yeah, we'd love to have you you attend, bring the whole team. I know, we all need to meet people in the industry. (laughs) We need friends. We've got no friends. You got got two. You know us two now. That's a good start. Ladies, looking forward to for the future of your business, what are you most excited about? Um, The LA store sounds incredible, but outside of that, what else are you looking forward to for the two of you? Well... (laughs) Well, I am 30 now. I just turned 30. Um, We have been nominated for Forbes 30 under 30. Which was my biggest goal. Which was Alex's biggest goal. So that's probably... We started to hit under 30. So we've been nominated. So we should know by June if we make that. And I've just made the cut because I technically was 29 for half of the financial year. So (laughs) I've just made it. I just just made it by six months. Um, So that would be amazing if we got that for our business, you know, like a goal or a, you know, something like that. Um, I think I, I'm looking forward to, for, for me anyway, I think is I'm sort of getting to the stage where I'm looking at having kids maybe in the next couple of years. So I would really like to work out um, an amazing way where we can like empower our women in our business who are all, you know, kind of our age, I guess, young women, a lot of them. 
um, especially in the retail um, and business side, maybe we can work out a way where maternity leave or, you know, benefits like that. I'd love to explore that and try and have some work-life balance (laughs) would be really exciting because I currently don't have that very much. So um, I think that's what I'm excited for. Mm. That next chapter of, you know, being able to step away, but still be completely in it and have an environment that is allowing me to work and be a mother. Fantastic. Yeah. That's for me anyway. Yeah. I, don't know, what I mean, think? I'm just excited. I'm, I'm a few years away from this. <laughs> I'm just excited to see where everything goes, you know, with the new Melbourne store, hopefully LA. Yep. Maybe New Zealand stores. Yeah. We'd love a New Zealand store. We love you know, New just Zealand. seeing what we can create and the team that we can. And how far we can get by ourselves yeah, without needing exactly. investors. Investors and <laughs> what we can do. Just us two. <laughs> They've been banging on our doors. <laughs> yeah, right. It'll be them asking you with the other way around. Yeah, they have, yeah. yeah. We've we've already, you know, we've had a few people approach us and we're just like, no, 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 we, we're fine. We we're going to keep doing it. We can do it. We can do it. Yeah, yeah, congratulations. That's so inspiring and, yeah, really wonderful to hear. Yeah, yeah. hold on to it. You've, you've achieved some enormous success already. So, um, yeah, good on you. Look, it's amazing to see what's on the future for you, for you both and uh, we'll certainly be keeping in touch and keeping a close eye on you. Yeah, Not scrutinising as friends. <laughs> yeah. No, please, please. And definitely come through our, our workshop. We'd love to. Yeah. Yeah, that would be- yeah. Well, Natasha and Alex, it was an absolute pleasure to interview the two of you uh, for the Jewels podcast. Thank you so much for your time. It's very precious and we appreciate you sharing your stories with us and being on the podcast. Thank, Thank you so you. much. We loved it. Thank you so yeah, much for yeah. having us. Wow, thanks for being so candid, ladies. Yeah, we'll, we'll certainly do it again in the future. Yeah, definitely. Thank you. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much for tuning in. Make sure that you hit subscribe on your favourite podcast player and feel free to follow us on all of our socials. We're on Instagram and Facebook.